Hey everybody, welcome to the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. Uh, it's it's your your old friends Matt Waterworth and Scott Westby. We're back. Yay! Still on hi- hiatus here uh, between uh, seasons two and and the myth- mythical season three, which will one day come, I'm sure. Um, thank you for sticking around, and uh, you know we do like to pop in every once in a while with a very special episode, and we are back uh, with one right now because there's a very cool feature film uh all happening all in and around and about cold lake we've got chris cowden uh and he's on with us right now uh chris welcome to the show hey yeah thanks for having me guys of course and thank you for being here and uh you know scott and i we do corporate video every once in a while uh (laughs) most of the time and we found ourselves (laughs) we found ourselves in cold lake uh, on a on a business related uh, journey uh, project, and uh, and everyone was talking about. They saw us with the cameras, and they were talking. Oh, you you making a movie here? There's the we, we they just finished making a movie here. We're like oh, a movie, yeah. a movie in Cold Lake. Wow. Okay. Cool. And you know we have friends who worked on it, and 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 uh, it was just it was interesting to see the way it sort of uh, impacted the community. Um, and I'm sure. sure we'll get into all of that, but uh, but it's very cool that that this came about, and I'm excited to learn uh, how it did. Um, and I know Scott is as well because he is. If this audience isn't already aware, you're a massive Lord of the Rings fan, Scott. Oh yes. Oh awesome. Oh yes. <laughs> I'm, sure, yeah. I'm sure you'll have some questions. I have so many questions. <laughs> Awesome. So normally we like to get into uh, what your journey has been. Uh, so, so, I, but obviously we want to know about the film too. But maybe give us a, a quick rundown of how how did film become a, a part of your life, Chris? Yeah, sure. So, um, uh, you probably when I was about eleven, I decided pretty seriously that I wanted to make films, and so um, I, you know, I wrote my first screenplay right around then, and um, you know, I play around with the camera, and then. At first, my parents, that was back in like the, you know, VHS or high eight days for camcorders. And so, yeah, my parents were like, well, we don't want to get you a video camera because you'll probably play with it for a weekend and then forget about it, you know, and which wasn't the case. And so so for like I I would just write scripts for probably about four or five years. And then finally, when I I was, um, you know, if I could get my hands on a camera, I'd shoot, you know, religiously. And finally, I, I bought a camera when I was about 16. And then from there, you know, I just I just never stopped. Yeah. Like I probably made about over a hundred shorts by the time Whoa. I finished high school. Wow. And then, uh, when I went to university, I went to university in Hawaii and, oh. um, and when I got there, I just saw there were so many, <laughs> you know, people that were into, you know, acting and film and art and, and, um, and so many great locations. And I thought, well, I always want to make a full length movie. Why don't I do that? So, uh, me and a buddy, you know, um, made it our new year's resolution in the first semester that, you know, when we got back from Christmas, we would, you know, spend the whole month and finish like a full length screenplay. And so we did, you know, I think it was around January 26th, we had a 90 page screenplay and then wow. we started auditioning and, and we just went for it. And so it ended up taking us about a year, but we ended up making a full length film. And so I wanted to show it on campus because they had a theater and, um, and I was like, I, I felt pretty good about it. It was kind of like, um, kind of like a comedy, I guess, like a college comedy. And, okay. but you know, like maybe 10% of me was nervous about it. Like, how's it going to go? And Anyway, long story short, it ended up being a big hit on campus. And so, nice. like, even the last night we had, you know, people sitting, you know, on the floor because, like, the seats were full. Wow. And so, and so after, you know, the kind of success of that and, you know, it was, I mean, I learned a lot from it, but for the most part, really well received. And so 
I made a full length movie for every year I was in university. (laughs) And then um, my last year, I made a film called Max Caliber Hawaii P.I. Well, actually, I made it as a short the first time. And then it ended up uh, winning an MTV contest and and getting on MTV, which was really cool. And so um, and then after that, uh, about maybe a year or two after I graduated, um, I decided to make a full length movie version of it. So I got some of my college friends together and we shot in Hawaii, Thailand and Taiwan. Um, And then uh, after that time, I got a teaching job here. in. uh, well, actually, I teach in in Bonneville, but uh, I live in Coal Lake. And so uh, we released, you know, the film as kind of like a a premiere here and we made it a charity event. And it was really awesome because we managed to raise about twenty five thousand dollars. And so my wife and I started a scholarship fund for Métis students in northern Alberta, you know, attending uh, post-secondary education. Oh, Um, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So so I'm Métis. And so I thought it was kind of a great way to give back. And the awesome thing is it's just grown every year since then. Like we started it in 2011. And so now we're able to get give out about ten ten thousand a year or so for post secondary and oh that's um, amazing yeah yeah so just and so I've always been you know making films and then um uh, and I kind of felt like I'd reached the point where you know I could go as far as I could I'd never had any formal training like I you know I'd take right. every you know film art class or whatever I could in university um, but most of the stuff I just read you know I'd read what my favorite directors had done and and you know, just thought, you know, every film I made, I would learn something. And then, um, but I wanted to get, you know, that kind of professional look and stuff. So I ended up taking a sabbatical for a year from work and uh, studied cinematography and directing at Vancouver Film School, um, you know, and learned a lot more technical stuff. And then after that, I made a film called Sweet Sweet Oil in about 2016. And um, it was a short film. Uh, it was a silent film. We kind of went experimental with it where you could uh, you could have we had music in it and you were allowed like sound effects, but you weren't allowed to hear any of the dialogue for the actors. And the idea was, you know, we wanted to challenge ourselves to see if we could communicate, you know, these kind of um, large concepts through just the body language and the camera placement and, you know, kind of the non diegetic elements in there. I like that. And yeah, yeah. And so we did really well on the festival circuit with it. We got into Holly Shorts in uh, Los Angeles, which was awesome. Wow. And yeah. um and we opened at the Phoenix Film Festival in Arizona. So that was kind of a blast. And uh, and so since then, yeah, so um, my wife, uh, Patty, who, uh, you know, is also a producer. We produce our, our films together. Um, so we came up with this concept about, well, probably about a year and a half ago now for Moments in Space Time, um, you know, the new film that we just finished producing. Right. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just really taken off. I mean, the rest is you know, uh, history from there, but we're just kind of, you know, we're, I guess we're at the fun part. We've just finished most of the hard stuff. And so we're just getting ready to, to get it out to the festivals and, and to release it, you know, for everyone to see. That's awesome. You make it sound so easy, man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I wish it was, but you know what? (laughs) It presents a lot of fun problems, you know, like you learn with everyone and I mean, no one's ever making the same film twice. Right. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that's what keeps it interesting. There are so many things that I, I pinged on, on that, that, that journey uh, that you took us through there, but, but what about you, you shot in Thailand? Yeah. Yeah. Um, how, how did that come about? What was, sure. well, yeah, so, um, yeah, I had decided after university that I wanted to teach abroad for a year and, um, 
and I wanted to go to either Japan or Thailand. And then, you know, long story short, um, you know, I'm in university, I met and uh, my wife, Patty, and, you know, we fell in love and we got married and she's uh, originally from Bangkok, Thailand. So she said, well, why don't, why don't we try Thailand? And I, you know, it was between Thailand and Japan, like before I'd ever met her. So, and I'd been to both places since then. And I just, I, you know, I fell in love with Thailand, just the look and the people and the food and everything. So we went, uh, the plan was to go for a year and we ended up starting our own business that did really well. So we ended up staying three years. And so, um, you know, I, I, what I realized when I was in Thailand was it was much easier for me to film a movie there than it was in Hawaii. Maybe because Hawaii's a fairly film savvy. They film a lot of movies there at a very, fairly touristy place. And so I, it was one of those things where, and for the most part, we were going kind of going guerrilla style back then, you know? Right. And so I would find, we would always get shut down or there'd always, a lot of right. the time there'd be some issue when we were shooting in Hawaii and in Thailand, um, just the opposite, you know, like no one really <laughs> got involved. They let us do whatever. We yeah, shoot right. parks wherever, these amazing locations. And uh, like, I think the funniest thing that happened was we shot this scene where we had these guys, they were these um, expats from kind of England and America that played these gangsters in the film. So we shot the scene in the park. And so they had, uh, well, I mean, they looked like realistic guns, but they weren't real guns. And so we filmed the scene. And anyway, some truck, you know, just pulled up in the background, you know, with the engine on and was ruining the sound and the shot. Everyone's been there, you know. And so anyway, one of the guys went and tapped on the window for this guy to, take, to, to leave or, you know, kind of indicated for him to take off. And so then the guy laid down his horn really hard and, and had some, you know, uh, not so nice words to say and took off. And then they came back and they're like, oh, well, what was his problem? Why was he such a jerk about it? And I said, well, Hans, you still have the gun in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> you know, anyway, they, it, they, they thought it was real. But um, but yeah, I just it was so easy to solve the problems. And, you know, we could shoot at, you know, any time, day or night. Wow. And uh, yeah. And so we actually what we did is we kind of combined some of our Hawaii footage. But because, you know, the, the locale and a lot of the t places, say the beach and things like that was so similar we doubled a lot of Hawaii. Um, we, you know, we shot in Thailand and kind of doubled that as Hawaii for a lot of scenes. Oh, cool. Yeah. And you didn't lose any actors to, to the city, which yeah, is, a, no. <laughs> which is a terrible reference to, um, the hangover part two. Oh my oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no issues like that. Just, just right. the opposite. Actually. Yeah. No people, people were great willing to help out. You know, it was, uh, that's was cool. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. What, uh, what was the business you were running while you were there? Oh, yeah, well, I'm a, like an English teacher or, you know, oh, okay. English major. So, um, yeah, so I taught, you know, English for a little bit, um, you know, with a British school. And then my wife's a business major, you know, so um, well, she's got her MBA. And we were like, well, you know what, we, we could be doing this. And so we decided to open our own school. And then, Amazing. Um, yeah, pretty soon it took off faster than we realized. And then, uh, you know, we got a lot of big contracts with companies like, you know, LG Electronics and wow. Samsung and stuff like that, which which was awesome because I got to be in the like the fact television factory and stuff like that, and oh, cool. you know, teaching engineers. It was cool because um, I guess it's not film related, but I, I feel like everything feeds into each other. So, like of course in the does, case yeah. of like LG, it's a Korean company. Um, in that case, the engineers were Thai, and so they were using English as kind of a lingua franca, and there was a lot of miscommunication problems, right? So mm. I kind of came in to help, you know, solve some of that. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It was, it was a great experience. I learned a lot from it and I don't, know, I feel like all those little things kind of affect the way, you know, I make the film or, you know, approach both the technical and so sometimes the artistic, you know, side of things. That's kind of, that's kind of where I was going with that question is like, you know, a lot of filmmakers get out of high school, 
go right into film school um, and then start making movies. Uh, and they don't yeah. really lived much of a life outside of the actual filmmaking, right? So all the stories that they have to tell are basically making movies about movies. I would love to talk about that conversation, if that, you know, that topic, if you want. <laughs> well, I guess what, what I want to do is just steer it into... Uh, yeah, I want to keep it focused on moments in space time. So sure, I want to steer it into the story of moments yeah. in space time. How did that story come about? Tell us about, you know, the influences there. Yeah, well, sure. That's so. That's a kind of perfect segue into it because, um, so so the film uh, deals with the, the story, uh, and you can watch the trailer, you know, on YouTube or Facebook for moments in space time. But you'll see. So the story follows a character named Macy who uh, was born in Thailand, and um, her parents are were killed in the tsunami of 2004. Okay. Um, and so she ends up, so she's a child. She ends up getting adopted by a Canadian couple who can't have kids. And um, as soon as they adopt her, sure enough, they have their own kid. And uh, then we, so we flash forward about 10 years, you know, to 2019. So she's a young adult at this point. And then we kind of, uh, we investigate the relationship with the family as to whether or not they love the biological child more or the child that they actually chose. And so it's oh, complicated, yeah, for the character Macy, because she's lived exactly half her life in one culture and one language system, and the other half in another culture and another language system, which is Canada, and it takes place in Alberta, Canada. And so um, and so I guess a, a lot of the experiences that we go into is we want to kind of show the point of view of an immigrant and what's it like to be an immigrant in North America and, and really live that life. And so... Uh, my wife, Patty, you know, who is originally from Thailand, to be fair, we basically the film in a way is a compilation of just different experiences she's had as an immigrant over about the last 10 years or so. Right. And cool. so um, and so, you know, for better or for worse. And so the thing that I really wanted to explore is I know everyone says like very obviously, oh, well, racism is bad and I wouldn't participate in that, which. I, to be honest, I think most people don't overtly try to do that. I mean, I'm sure there's some people in the world doing that. Um, but the, the things that we found are so frustrating, and especially for her, are like the subtle things that people don't realize, whether it's a question they ask or how they say something or the perspective they share. And so you'll see, like in the trailer and especially in the movie, it's just little things like, um, and she still gets this all the time, like, oh, where are you from? You're from Thailand. And then people book oh my gosh, you must be so happy and so lucky to be living here. I bet you like it so much more. And her thought is, well, I mean, I like it here a lot, but why would you think it's better? And why would you think, right. you know, it's almost, you know, it's a bit, you know what I'm saying? So, it, and the person has good intentions, but, you know, in, you know, they're inadvertently, you know, causing offense and, um, and, and possibly depending on how they do it, belittling the person. And so, yeah. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff we wanted to look at where there's no clear answer. And we just kind of wanted to open people's eyes to that. And right. um, yeah, yeah. And so that's that's kind of one of the major things that the film explores. Um, so how I guess let's let's talk about shooting in Cold Lake, because because I'm a huge fan of that town. And uh, sure, they have my favorite coffee shop in the entire world, Bean Trees. Oh, yeah. Just stunning. And it looks like I, I watched the trailer. I think you guys shot some of it in there. Is that right? We shot quite a bit in there. And so, um, so yeah, so I've been in Cold Lake, you know, about 10 years. And 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 to be fair, I kind of was here in, in junior high school and part of high school, too. Uh, so, you know, I'm used to the area. And so, yes, Bean Trees, it's this amazing, uh, almost Amelie-esque cafe, you it's know, wonderful. in Cold Lake. 
And so they were Craig Konechny, who um, owns and runs Bean Trees. Um, and he also is the designer for all of the theater productions here in Cold Lake. Um, so we got him involved pretty early. And then he actually wanted to be our set designer. And so he designed the sets and he let us shoot in Bean Trees. And they were fantastic. Um, it was a great location. And so Bean Trees plays itself in the film. And, nice. uh, and you'll see quite a bit of it in there. Yeah. Uh, d- and does Cold Lake play itself in the film? Absolutely. Yeah. So, and so this was an issue, like I went to film school in Vancouver, you know, and like, I was so, especially after that, like I was so used to seeing Canadian cities play American cities and movies and, you know, which we're all used to. Um, but I thought, well, why can't it be, you know, why can't we have a movie one that actually takes place in Canada that actually takes place in Alberta. And my thought was that actually takes place in cold Lake. And then, you know, we can, and, and one of the big things that we wanted to do was, especially Cold Lake and the Bonneville area, as you know, have been hit pretty hard since the recession and oil has gone down. Yeah, and so we thought, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, really only about 10% of the jobs on the film set actually are creative. And, you know, a lot of the other ones are, you know, electricians and engineers and, uh, you know, uh, builders and, you know, construction and that sort of thing. And so we thought, well, why don't, yeah, why, why don't we bring it here? And, and this is a great place that, you know, could be shooting, you know, films could be shooting here. I, I mean, I think they shot like a three minute sequence from the A-team here in about 2009. But other really? than that, there haven't been many, <laughs> you know, many, many things shot here. And we also have the biggest Air Force base in all of Canada here. Oh, so I didn't I know thought, it was the biggest. Yeah, let's show this off and maybe more films will come in because, I mean, there's so many shows, which is fantastic, shooting in Alberta now and especially Southern Alberta. But I thought it'd be great if we could bring some of that up to Cold Lake. And so I talked to the city, both Cold Lake and Bonneville specifically, and they were incredibly supportive. Um, and they said, go for it. They opened their doors for us um, and made it easy. So I would say any filmmakers who, you know, like the look and the allure and, and all the fantastic things Cold Lake has to offer, um, come up. The city now has incentives for those filmmakers. That's amazing. That's that's so cool. Um and and you know it's a big message that we're the entire Alberta film community is sharing right now about you know we're talking about economic diversification the fact that a lot of these roles can be filled by people who are not from the film industry right there are if we can be creating jobs that are highly skilled that you know, we can be taking on these oil and gas workers right and oh absolutely giving them and a like home in, in our yeah. case of course you know I mean we had a you know fairly large handful of our main crew you know filmmakers yeah. from across Alberta you know or you know whether yeah. they're gaffers or grips or whatever um, but. But a lot of the other roles and even some of the even some of the creative roles were people that had never, you know, had done, you know, a particular use their skill set uh, somewhere that wasn't necessarily in film, but they had that sets, say, like with. Yeah, exactly. Craig from Bean Trees building our sets, which were fantastic, you know. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So I would well, say it's such a, yeah. 50-50 on it, to be honest. It's almost kind of like a like a micro, you know, version of the entire Alberta initiative right this whole like keep alberta rolling where like you know cold lake especially has been hit really hard by the recession lots of jobs lost and you know the film industry comes into you know i know it's not permanent but at least you know get the ball rolling on some of those things so that's that's fantastic and it it opens people's eyes like after this movie i think no one really here i don't think a lot of people have thought about a moving shooting here and now a lot of people are thinking like oh yeah this is such a great place because i mean we just got you know i mean there's so much to offer in the area right it's yeah, true. absolutely. True. And even I, I, the other thing I would say too, if people are coming from outside of Alberta, like in our case, it called like like you know we're far up north. Even if you're shooting in the summer, the days are very long. Like totally. That out. It actually made that fairly easy for us. You know, it was it was actually the night scenes that were trickier because we had to you know, <laughs> yeah, you got plan like those. Hours. But daytime we right. were good. It was end morning. <laughs> so great. Yeah. 
I see that the I see that the the Canadian Forces base is is it seems to be a pretty important part of the film. Yeah. Um, was it challenging to to integrate that into the film as far as you know the logistics? I mean, you said the city was pretty comfortable, but it, were the forces the same way, or is that? Yeah, so that was probably probably took the most time in terms of like pre-production, just you know solidifying that. And like, um, I mean, my dad was in the Air Force, and so I know the base in the area pretty well. And so, um, and I've you know, worked on base before, you know, in the summers when I was in college. Oh, cool. Um, so yeah, I kind of knew what there was to offer, and so I wrote the script like like ideally how I wanted it. And then I thought, okay, well, hopefully this all works out. Otherwise I might have to do, you know, a rewrite. Um, right. But no, yeah. So, yeah. So we had to basically send a lot of information to Ottawa and get it approved. Oh, wow. Um, but for the most part, um, they were really awesome about it. You know, I mean, it was just, you know, a lot of email and phone calls back and forth. But at the end of the day, when, you know, we explained, you know, what our overall mission was with the project, um, they were incredibly supportive. And then we kind of had our, our VIP screening for, you know, sponsors or people that, you know, were integral in the production of, you know, the final film. Um, we had it just last Friday. And so the base commander and the mayor and everyone were there and, oh, and cool. they, like the, the base commander came out and, you know, he loved the film and, you know, was truly supportive of what we were doing. So um, I would say it's promising to other filmmakers that, you know, want to come and, and shoot. Like in our case, it was great. Like we got, um, I think the only real caveat was, or, or stipulation was we couldn't shoot inside the cockpit of the F-18s, but we got mm. our actor, Sam Gittins, you know, in the cockpit. Oh, cool. That's you know, incredible. We got, wow. And it was good. They even gave us a bunch of like, um, as far as a lot of the instrument techs and, you know, people that worked on the planes, the mechanics and stuff. In fact, they volunteered to be extras in the scene and, you know, you know, Amazing. the planes there, you know, put up the ladder and pulled the ropes out. And <laughs> it's so, the real people. Yeah. yeah, we. I mean, we got more than we asked for. It was fantastic. Yeah, that's what, what massive so production helpful. value. That's great. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's really smart filmmaking, right? It's like understanding what you have access to and crafting your story around that right uh, and not trying yeah yeah i i think that's such like a great and i would do the same thing when i was in hawaii like i would write around certain things you know that i really knew i could yeah. use and would look great on film and yeah. the other thing too which i mean maybe sounds obvious too is just a lot of people like i find you just talk to a certain person on the service level and they'll be like oh yeah that probably won't work it'd probably be complicated yeah. it probably yeah. cost a lot and I always say, well, let's ask first. Let, let's get to the bottom of it. And <laughs> right, yeah, you know, it's, worth, it was, it's worth it. Mean, yeah, I mean, it was a lot of calls and stuff. But I mean, yeah, yeah we got what we wanted. Like, I, I think if I, yeah, it's just a general rule of filmmaking. Don't listen to the first person that says no. Advice. <laughs> how many? So how many knows? What's your rule? <laughs> Until you're like, yeah, maybe not. You know, I, it, once I figure it's becoming impossible or it's going to take more time than it's actually worth to come up with a new idea or location, yeah. then that's how I do it. The other thing that like I learned pretty early on when I started making my full-length movies was um, the first film I shot, we were in Honolulu, and we are we had to shoot on mini-DV uh, in those days, and it was in the 2000s. Oh, yeah. And so we were exactly <laughs> halfway shooting the film, and we had I had my backpack behind me for you know on the ground, and we were getting a shot. And we were in Waikiki Beach, which you know, is a fairly touristy area. And long story short, my backpack got stolen, which oh, no. had half the tapes for the film. Ooh. And so we had to end up shooting exactly half the movie, which, wow. you know, I mean, was a real, you know, at the time it was one of those things. It was the first movie. It was like, oh, do we want to go through with this? You know, but I did. <laughs> but then I thought, you know what? It's just a chance for us to make any scene that wasn't great the first time better. That's and so nice everything way of looking that I thought it. was like just OK, I said, let's find a better location. Let's find nice. somewhere with better sound. And in the end, like, honestly, it worked out to make a better movie. So um, I think if you look at it like that, sometimes it really works out for the best. Nice. So you've got you've got this 
this boundless optimism, clearly. You've got a military base. You've got a, a, a cafe and a community of people, you know, yeah. supporting you, which is fantastic. But we, what you don't have in Cold Lake, and I know this for a fact, yes, is John Reese davies Yes. <laughs> yes. He doesn't live there. He's not. That's not something you have access to. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he lives so far away. He actually he lives. I, I, well, he hopefully won't mind me saying it, but he lives on the Isle of Man. So, like, you know, in the Irish oh, wow. Sea. Yes, um, of course. You know, so way out there, um, you know, at least when he's not, you know, shooting, a, you know, a movie or, or a film. And that's not close to Cold Lake. That's not close. <laughs> not <laughs> no, close at all. Not close at all. So yeah. how did how did he get into this movie? Tell me the story. Sure. So um, basically, we, you know, we originally like I wrote the role. And so this role, actually, I should preface it a bit. Just um, so part of the film is that um, near the, pretty close to the beginning of the film, Macy loses her job due to some prejudice at work. And she hasn't left home yet. She's still living at home. And the parents kind of give her the ultimatum. Well, you know, if you're not working, you got to be doing something. And so they tell her, um, we've been thinking about pulling your granddad out of the home. And the parents are going to be gone for the summer. So they say, well, tell you what, you can, if you're not working, you can look after granddad. And when we get back, if you, you know, find a job, then great. Or if not, you can keep looking after him. And so this granddad, uh, he suffers from dementia. And um, he's very closely based on my own grandfather, um, you know, who I really have dedicated the film to. And, and he sadly, he, he actually passed away the week that I finished writing the screenplay. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I, I really wanted it to be like kind of a chance for him, at least in my memory, and I guess my family's memory to be a chance for him, this kind of spirit of him to live on. And the amazing thing is that John, like there's scenes in the movie, literally, and he never met him or even saw a picture of him when it really does feel like my grandfather, like I showed the film to my mom and she couldn't believe it, just the way he captured it. And so I, I mentioned this because it's an, it, it's integral to how we, how he got in the film. So right. um, basically we'd kind of decided when I wrote it, I had a, a list of maybe about four or five, like ideal actors that I would like for the role. And, you know, pretty close, basically the top of the list was John Reese davies And then, you know, I had a couple other that might be good, but you know, I don't know. And so anyway, um, of course, we sent the script out to everyone. Um, and I would say the hardest thing would be just a, a matter of getting the actor to, to read the script, you know? Yeah. And so anyway, long story short, after, you know, a lot of communication and everything, um, I finally got a call one day out of the blue, you know, when I was trying everything and I was you know, starting to feel hopeless. Like, I'm like, oh, we got to get it's such a great role. We got to get someone good for this. And I got a call from John's agent. And then he said, basically, that. He's like, he's like, Chris, I got to tell you, I, ju I just put the script down. I've, this is the third time I've read it. And I, ju I just think it's so remarkable. And I thought wow. right away, I was like the third time I was so thrilled. And he <laughs> said, yeah, he said, basically he read it, you know, he read it twice just to make sure he understood it. And then he was going to give John his recommend. And then from there it would depend on if John liked it, you know? And so, and so we read it a third time before his Skype meeting with John. And so I thought, okay, well, this is a pretty good sign. And so anyway, um, they got into John's hands. And so one, John, just um, the thing that I really felt would be great was, especially with an actor like John, where I have known him and like fall in love with kind of his acting and his character and personality. Ever since, since sliders. I and I saw, well, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like, I <laughs> right, of course. Right. His character, Stala, you know. Bad dates. Like, amazing, <laughs> amazing. Yeah. And so I'd, he'd always been on my radar. And of course, I loved Lord of the Rings. And then you know, Patty and I were talking like, who's this age? And then the thing is, we always see him as like a character in a film, I feel like. And we always kind of film as maybe like kind of like a side character. But like when I we started comparing like all his different work, 
I thought, oh, wow, it's so diverse. Like, he can actually do so many interesting oh. things. And I felt like I, I hadn't really seen him play just a regular human character like that. And so I was hoping that, you know, he would find it interesting. And so the amazing thing was that not only did he feel, you know, very similarly, but also um, the idea of dementia and this character was near and dear to his heart because um, he had his wife of 13. His wife had had dementia for 13 years before oh, he wow. passed away. And so he had lived with it, you know, the, and seen it from the beginning. Uh, you know, up until, you know, the worst and at the end. And so he really wanted this to share that story too and and felt that he could bring something new and, and, and you know, maybe like, um, I guess I would say like maybe similar to what I was trying to do with the writing and kind of, you know, embody, you know, the spirit of, of you know, my grandfather and, and hopefully have him, you know, live through the way, live through the film in a way that like people, whether they'd had an experience with a family member that suffered from dementia or if they didn't, that they could experience it and get it. And so it was, we were on the same page. And so it was beautiful. So long story short, um, John loved the script. And then, you know, we ended up getting a chance to talk about the character and everything beforehand. And we were, you know, really on the same page. And then, you know, I, I Skyped with him um, for the first time. And I just didn't, I didn't realize how hilarious he was on top of that. Like very clever, very smart, so well-spoken, you know, well-educated uh, and just, just a real like English gentleman, really. Um, and so I was thought this is good. I felt I just, you know, sometimes you'll, you guys will probably feel the same way. Like when you're making a film, sometimes there's a chemistry and sometimes there isn't, and there was a chemistry there. And right. so I said, this is the one. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, anyway, so he was willing to make the track out all the way up to Northern Alberta, wow. you know, to, you know to, to Cold Lake to help us tell the story. Where did and, you fly um, into out of curiosity? Yeah. So he flew in. So he, I, I think he had to go from Isle of Man to Ireland um to i think it might have been um i think it was london then or no sorry no no he went ireland edmonton i think it was direct edmonton. flight from there yes yeah, okay. so we had to get the right flight even some of those logistics are tricky but whatever you know what i mean it's worth it sure um and then and then you know he and then he had a driver bring him all the way the three hours to cold lake um but no he had a great attitude and he thought the area was you know beautiful and um and just honestly, like he came in, he just brought honestly, he brought like a whole life to Cold Lake because you know we had a press conference and wow, we had a couple hundred people there and just course, you know everyone, yeah. uh, just everyone loved, really gregarious guy, you know yeah, people just love to be around him. And, yeah, it was awesome. That sounds so fun. And you know, Scott and I, we we talk a lot about the importance of cast if you if you if you want to find money but it's it sounds like you're you already had the financing puzzle solved or no yeah we did it in reverse which i know probably isn't common um you know but we just for me though to be honest at the end of the day we thought i thought if we don't get the right actor for this um like and i might tell this to some filmmakers if you've got like a little bit of money or something and you're planning to make a film well i'll say like a decent amount you know not like a short film amount but I would say I, if, if he wasn't going to be in, or we didn't have, you know, like a, a, you know, someone that I consider day list for the role. Um, I think we might not have done it because it wouldn't have been worth it. You know what I mean? Cause you right. know, his character, you know, carries the film and, you know, embodied the spirit of it. And, and I think, you know, really elevated everyone, you know, involved to, to of make course, it something yeah. special. And, you know, I mean, I'm only hearing feedback from the trailer so far and, and what we had the showing the other day, which, you know, with the VIP showing, which went, you know, fantastic. Um, and so people have responded in the right way, like I wanted, you know. Yeah, but, that's great. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I, I think that's all, you know, part to, 
to just, you know, getting the right chemistry and the right feel with it. Right. Yeah. What about you? What about when, when you say you sent the script out? Is, is, so are you are you using a casting director or do you just do you just track down the agent's info and, and you send it off and, and sort of? Uh, hold, yeah, hold yeah, sure. So I didn't have an, like an official casting director for the film, but, you know, I've got my, um, you know, I mean, we've got our you know production coordinator and all of our. You know, I guess I would call I'll call it our producing team because it, in the early stages, you know, if things were quite shifting around, uh, you know, as far as to who exactly was going to be doing what roles, um, because, you know, filming a movie just in Cold Lake alone is even quite a bit different than shooting in Edmonton or as an especially sure. Calgary, you know, in terms of logistics and everything. So, yeah, you know, we knew we had to kind of set up our base differently. Um, but, yeah, no, I would we did not do it like um yeah, we, I mean, we didn't go, we, we didn't have a full casting director. Like most of those decisions were made from, you know, a very small team of key creatives. Right. Right. Um, but, but I guess I mean more breaking through that barrier of, of the agent, like you said, it's hard to get cast to even read stuff sometimes. What did yeah. you, what did you include other than the script uh, or, or was it maybe just the script that, that, that was, was good enough when you, when uh, you sure. Approach? Well, yeah, sure. So, I mean, it doesn't, hurt you know i'm I'm an english major and so taking you know big (laughs) complex ideas and trying to put them in a way that you know people can understand you know pretty quickly and get into it is kind of um yeah like a forte of mine or something that i spent a lot of time on and so of course with the script i had the treatment um and i think I, i mean i can't tell you how many times i whittled that down and revised it and you know got it to a place where i really you know thought this is a killer treatment Um, you know, that, that people could respond to. And, and, and I think we got it to that spot because I was hearing back from, you know, you know, in case, because we had other actors in the film and, um, you know, we were getting into the negotiation stages quite quickly. Right. Um, you know, with, with, you know, I'll say these, some large scale actors, um, you know, that we were like, okay, okay. We're, you know, kind of getting into the ring the right way. And, um, and some other things that helped with that too, were, you know, that we'd had a couple big festivals just, you know, about a year and a half before that, um, you know, that helped with the credibility and, um, you know, I think those things didn't hurt. No, of course. Yeah. I I mean, my recommendation is, is, is to always include that, that sort of thing in, in, uh, in any kind of casting package, anything that you can do to set yourself apart a little bit or, or suggest that this is kind of a unique project. Um, especially when you're on a, on a super low budget, um, is, is, is a good idea. Um, oh, absolutely. And now can we talk about the budget at all? Can we talk about how you put your financing together or is that? Uh, top well, secret? I don't want to go into all that because even, you know, some of our post-production and stuff, like we still figuring out some of the final bells and whistles on. All oh, this, sure. Yeah. You know? So I don't want to go into that too much. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I would just say for filmmakers out there, um, I would say you're going to have to take, you know, a jump um, and maybe a risk with, you know, your finance if you really want to make it happen. Right. Um, and so in, our, in this particular case, you know, it seems like it's worked out, um, right. you know, but I, I guess here's what I would say, because like I've made, you know, a lot, I mean, I've made a fair amount of films now and, and varying, you know, from micro budget to no budget to a budget. Right. Um, and I guess the biggest tip I would give filmmakers is spend money in the places where it's actually going to be useful. And, and I can't tell you how many people I had at the start of this, even before John Reese Davies was involved, but especially when people knew, some people kind of knew we had a star and we didn't necessarily release it yet. 
but I have right. so many people coming to me and saying, Hey, do you need this? Uh, we can get you an article on this and this, and, um, I'll be willing to start for you for $5,000 now or $10,000 now, or I have people <sighs> saying, Oh, just give me a stipend of 20,000 and I'll be on the team. <laughs> and you now like, I, I mean, I don't know how many of these, uh, well, I won't, uh, I'll say these, you know, people that may or may not be kosher, yeah. you know, are out there. Sure. Um, but I would say if they're coming to you and promising you the world and you've got a project that, you know, probably has wings, mm-hmm. then yeah, I think you're in a position that you could say, you know, just show me something first. Um, sure. I would just go with it. And, and I'm also like, and maybe just because I've made I've made a, I've made a lot of films in the past that like, you know, when I made Max Caliber and stuff like that. And we we shot in a couple of countries and stuff like, you know, I finance that myself and I made it right. myself. And when you're doing it that way, you're thinking of every dollar, you know, and I would say if you've never made a film on your own money. Then don't bother making it on someone else's because you're not going to make <laughs> it go far enough. No. And I really mean that, though, because sure. so like I'm never adverse to like if if some sometimes you're paying someone to make a phone call for you. Well, you know what? You might be able to save, you know, 200 bucks for that day by saying, you know what? I'll make that one phone call that's a little bit difficult. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how many times on this one I did that where I was like, you know what? If I have time, the main thing is time. But if I have time and I'm capable, then I'll try. Um, and Patty's the same way, you know, in terms of producing that we'll, we'll try and do what we can to save course, money. And I, I think, honestly, that's how we're kind of been able to do this one on on the budget that we have and and the great thing too is like like i said we had bean trees and stuff so in our case bean trees is playing bean trees in cold lake well that's a fantastic promotion for them you know and they saw that as an opportunity i mean otherwise i might have been you know if i were asking them to just shut down the business for a day and we're going to shoot for the whole week or not on a day that there happened to be closed or something like that i mean already we could have gone through ten thousand dollars you know like that you know but yeah um, yeah so, yeah, I mean, that's another easy, I mean, maybe that's obvious, but um, I really, as much as possible, try to, to, you know, use those things to the best potential. Sure. So what's, so what's next for the film? You had, you've had a screening, you, you, you mentioned you, you really only finished it a matter of days ago. Um, and I know yeah. there's a screening in Cold Lake coming up that's for the public. Yeah. So one thing we, we definitely wanted to get back to the public because we had like over 300 extras, you know, in the film. Wow. And that's even before, you know, the cast and, and so on, um, you know, and just so many people involved. So everybody wanted to see it. So we thought, OK, well, let's have kind of just a, a cold lake showing. So everyone um, and they should like I mean, I want people to get excited about it, enjoy it and see themselves on screen. And I find every time we do that, a lot of people that have never been involved suddenly, you know, they become addicted to filmmaking too like they just haven't experienced it you know um so we're gonna have the showing in a week uh a week here in cold lake so everyone can see it and then um we're submitting to the big festivals right now and so those obviously will start in january of 2020 and so um the plan is either january or february once we depending we'll see which um you know which festival we decide to premiere at um so yeah in the new year it'll come out and then from there we would like to um you know distribute it and get it out in theaters um you know in canada and and across north america and well actually everywhere we'd like to show it in thailand too because um thailand plays such you know you know a large part in terms of the culture and the character and um yeah i guess i would i would say 2020 i mean we're going to be trying to send it out to the world everywhere as best we can you know Awesome. who's 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 responsible for this marketing for this movie sure so um okay, it's Jonathan so good Fairbank, it's so good yeah 
Yeah. Oh, great. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. So Jonathan Baber Bay is our marketing coordinator. Um, he's based in Edmonton, but he used to live in the Cold Lake Bonneville area. In fact, I know him because I did a corporate video for him a number of years ago when he worked for the credit union in their mm. market. And so um, I just I knew he was a great guy and a real winner. And so, um, you know, we, Patty and I got in touch with him and we all had a synergy and, uh, and the, it's a perfect example where he's never done mark. He's never been involved in the film, but he's done marketing for all sorts of, you know, different causes. Yeah. And, um, and so, I mean, he's, we're finding, and he's finding too, that, um, you know, his particular set of skills are maybe even better for film promotion, you know? So, um, yeah, I guess, uh, I, I would say find talented people rather than you know just relocating somewhere because it has people that have right. a specific title you know yeah yeah i mean you know it, for for listeners you, you got to check this website out it's moments in spacetime film.com and it's like movie marketing 101 is this website it's so great it's really well designed it's clean it's got all the information and nothing else but you also got like you've got a killer trailer You've got Thanks, some behind yeah. the scenes Thanks. stuff and you've got a song as well that you've got on Spotify, right? That's like part of like the title song of the, of the film and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so, so smart. Um, yeah. So like we have like a title song for the film, you know, and this character, Macy, she's a songwriter and, you know, it, it's kind of, it's a little bit meta, like, you know, it's about the artists trying to find their voice and stuff. And so, um, yeah, so of course we wanted people to see the song with that. Well, this is also a great marketing tool. Let's get it out there. And we, we actually did a test screening in the summer of our first edit. And that was, it was probably about two hours and 40 minutes or something, the original cut. Um, you know, we, you know, so we did a test screening that no one involved in the film just so we could get a fresh eyes, you know? And so it was really mm -hmm. neat to see what people responded to. And the song was one of those things that, you know, already people were saying, Oh, well, is the song out? Can I download it? And so we realized, yes, let's get this out as soon as we can. And so we got it, you know, on iTunes and Spotify and everything, you know, the song's called I'll Follow. And it, it is it's sung and produced by um, Patty Siswan, you know, our main actor. And um, yeah, even that alone, you know, has been really, you know, helpful in drawing a crowd to, um, to, to Facebook, to the website. Um, and, and, I, and I'll just say this, even for us going in, we tried to make sure that all of these little bells and whistles, you know, were prepared early. So those things didn't hurt us when we were trying to, you know, get, get a good actor in the film, sure, you know, sure. at this point, you know, I mean, obviously they want to know that it's a legitimate product that you're going to be making. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. The, uh, the, the trailer is also up on our, on our, uh, on our feeds. If anybody's uh, looking at the Alberta filmmakers podcast. Um, oh, awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Of course. And, uh, and yeah, I, I think, you know, we'll, we'll obviously share anything uh, related to any other upcoming screenings that you have. Can, can someone who happens to be in cold Lake and happens to be hearing this before Friday, can they attend the screening or is it just for no, casting? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's open for, to the general public at the grand square cool. cinema in cold Lake, uh, for one week starting Friday for a week. So October, okay, great. One, uh, October 25th, it starts. So, Amazing. Um, I mean, even some people from not from cold Lake, you know, are coming in that want to see it. Um, so it, it'll be the usual movie times. Like I think it's six 45 and nine 15 every day and matinees on the weekends. Cool. And did I just see on, on social somewhere that you're doing like a bus packing a bus from Bonneville to get people to, to come as well. We are as well. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got a lot of marketing ideas. Yeah. Hey, that's so, great. Um, well, yeah. And so, uh, like a lot of people in Cold Lake were involved with the film and then like, uh, and some people in, in Bonneville, like we filmed some scenes in Bonneville. And so we thought, well, we want to, you know, definitely make sure because there's no movie theater in Bonneville that we right. can get the Bonneville crowd out. And 
And I think the biggest thing with this one is just word of mouth because the people that have seen the film have really enjoyed it and, and the word has been spreading. So we just, we got to get people to see it. And yeah. the other thing that's really neat too, that I think a lot of people weren't expecting was, um, you know, they've seen the area and it's a beautiful area. Well, you guys have been here, but you know, they haven't seen it filmed, you know, with a, you know, a Hollywood style or, you know, I'll say like, you know, in terms of cinema, like, uh, it's so funny. The other day someone said, um, oh, they really liked the trailer. And they said, oh, the actor's from Colt Lake. And then someone else, you know, told them, no, no, the whole movie's filmed the Cold Lake. And they didn't believe it because they actually <laughs> didn't recognize, well, because it's different, you know, when you see it on screen. Totally, you know, totally. We shot anamorphic and, you know, we, we had a very uh-huh. certain theory to the look that we wanted to give it. And um, so, yeah, I'm thrilled when I hear that sort of thing that, you know, even, and my brother came to the to the VIP screening and uh, he just, you know, he, he hadn't seen Cold Lake that way. You know, it was even for him, it was fresh. Nice. Yeah. So cool, man. Uh, congrats. Like this is, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm, oh, I know I've only met you uh, over Skype an hour ago, but I'm just so happy for you. <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. very cool. And, and really exciting for, for independent film in, uh, in Alberta, um, you know, to, 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 yeah, to accomplish this and also to have a really, you know, known name involved is not as common. And, and so it's, uh, sure. it's nice, it's nice, uh, to, to see that it's possible for all of us. So, um, uh, where, where else can, can we send people? I know Scott mentioned the website. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to highlight before we wrap up as far as sending the audience to learn more? Sure. Well, yeah, I guess in the case of filmmakers, I think like you said, that's maybe a good point, um, about the website, like uh, Jonathan's done a fantastic job and it's drawn like a lot of interest and in traffic. So if you check out, um, the moments in space time, the official site, um, you'll see we've got everything on there. Um, we've got, you know, a pretty good presence on Instagram and our Facebook is really blowing up right now. So nice. I think maybe the way, you know, that we're doing the posts and everything has been really helpful. And we've uh, like the whole key to all of this for me has just been involving as many people as possible that can get excited about it and then just kind of let that excitement spread. And like I thought that would work as a plan because that's how I've done things in the past. But like this time it's really caught fire. Like it's just, it's, it's been exciting to see, you know, that many people get excited about it. Um, so I would say, yeah, check out um, our Facebook page moments in space time and the trailer is on YouTube and the song is on Spotify, but all that can be found on Facebook or the website. Perfect. And, and we'll release like when we know when our official, you know, release date for a wider release in theaters. And the yes. Festival. Yes. Yeah. Like we're posting every week. So of course, yeah. and- follow that they'll get all the info. And especially if, you're not in Cold Lake, which I've had so many people say, oh, I'm not in Cold Lake. How can I see it? Just follow us and and we will let you know. And you guys, I'd love for you guys to come and see it when you get a chance. Yes, we got a very yeah, kind invite. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll figure something out. Sometime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Chris Cowden, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and thank you for uh, having us do a, a very special episode uh, of the show. And and best of luck to you as the, as the film reaches its audience. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Talk to you, man. Take care.